Welcome to Comic Talkers. My name is Brandon. I'm William. And today we're actually going to do a movie review for the first time ever. Um, we are decided to talk about the The Suicide Squad, which was released on August 6, 2021 on HBO Max, along with in theaters. Involves the cast of Idris Elba as Bloodsport, John Cena as Peacemaker, Margot Robbie, of course, as the great Harley Quinn, um, Sylvester Stallone as King Shark, Joan Kinnaman as Colonel Rick Flagg, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, and directed by James Gunn. Um, so we got a we. This is a new concept for us that we're doing, and Miss Polka Dot Man. Yeah, go ahead and tell him Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man, played by David Destmolchian. <laughs> yeah, I know why you skipped him. I wanted to try to murder it too. <laughs> so. This is how we're going to do our reviews. We're going to give you our ups of the movie. Um, we'll discuss it a little bit, see how you guys think of it. Um, we're also going to give you guys our meh moments, scenes that it was good, but it just was not that great. And then, of course, the worst parts of the movie. And even though there might be good movies, what was it? There are scenes where it's just like, why was that in there? Like, it didn't make no sense. So... Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the good moments. Um, one of the first points I felt like, and Willie, you can either agree or not, it jumped right into the action. It felt like yeah. you didn't even need a great... It was a great way to enter this movie. We didn't get another origin story. We were just sent straight into the action. What's your views on that? Yeah, it was definitely like action-packed right from the start, and they went straight into introducing a whole bunch of new characters to us, and not only right into the action, but it went right into the comedy as well. I mean, just like every five seconds, there was a good joke or a good punchline to a joke, so it was pretty entertaining seeing what was going on for that one. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think it was probably one of the best things about it. We just were introduced to oh, what was uh, played by Mickey Rourke. I can't remember his name. Or, or, um, he's being recruited for Task Force X, and then you kind of see the whole team kind of like forming. But it was like it was like you didn't even need like a, like a whole introduction to him. It was just like, and when you find out in a few minutes right after, you know why they didn't have so much of an introduction to the movie. So, um, but this is going to be our next talking point. Um, the relationship between Peacemaker and Bloodsport, or John Cena and Idris Elba, was fantastic. Oh, yeah. It, they bounced off each other really well. Um, what was it? One of the things I liked was um, when they're trying to go in to rescue Colonel Flag. So the first team, like we said, and we'll talk about it more later, pretty much gets canned in like the first five, ten minutes of the movie. Pretty much is all destroyed. And then you have a second team led by Bloodsport. Yeah. As Peacemaker, <laughs> Ratcatcher 2, King Shark, and Polka Dot Man. They're sent in to go rescue Colonel Flag, and they kill off most of the resistance. But just the way they did it was just like it was a competition to see who had the better kill. And then you just see Polka Dot Man and Ratcatcher 2 kind of like in the sidelines. You see King Shark eat people. And then you just see. <laughs> Bloodsport and John Cena try to outdo each other with kills. And one of my favorite scenes, pardon our French, um, was, you know, they're sitting there and he has an uh, explosive bullet, shoots it at one of the guys. Idris Elba looks at him and he goes, you you know, non-lethal. 
you lose and he goes it's an explosive bullet and it like it makes him explode so they're going back and forth john cena just goes you know well nobody likes a show off and he goes unless what they're showing is off is dope as fuck you know and he, he just almost just goes <laughs> Man, that's true. yeah that's true what what's your take on these guys they were just hilarious every second that they were on screen, honestly. And it's just like, I, I honestly like the first, when you first see them at the prison and they're describing and then they're interacting with each other. And a freaking Bloodsport asks, who's this guy? And he just immediately right off the back, Peacemaker just goes, I'm you, just five times better. Yeah, and pretty much he <laughs> gives them like the whole same life story as Bloodsport. He goes, that's just me, typically. <laughs> you know, But I, I'm not going to lie, John Cena, when I saw him in this movie, I was like, oh boy, here we go. Like, it's just going to be terrible again. I don't want to see him. And then he ended up actually being really good. I actually, I loved his character. I thought he was fit for that role. Yeah, Especially- I know. I know he's been he's done some okay, funny bits in the past, and he's done some good action bits in the past. And rarely does he mix them together. But then when he does, you get gold like this. Yeah. So what was it? And we'll come back to him later because there is something I want to discuss with the credit scenes um, that we noticed with him. Um, so let's go to the next note. Um, I know me and Willie might disagree with this point. I felt like this character was more the heart and soul of the team, and I have a good debate for her. Ratcatcher 2, I feel, is the heart and soul of the team. Hear me out. I don't think you're wrong. I just don't I know we, I don't like her as much. So let, let's let's look at some of the notes I wrote here. You know, what was it? She to me is what we call a glue. And we've had glues on multiple of our teams where it's a person who holds the team together. Somehow, someway, has a connection with every single person and can hold the team. Um, She builds a father-daughter relationship with Bloodsport. In a scene in the bus, they talk about, or she talks about her life with her dad and her dad, you know, pretty much losing his life to all the burdens he had. Mm -hmm. And that was drugs, everything like that. Where you see Idris Elba or Bloodsport talk about his phobia with rats. And, you know, we find out him and his dad weren't very close. So to see that and how his relationship with his own daughter in the movie is, he's starting to realize he needs to be this leader. He needs to step up and help these guys. And she's the, I feel she's the reason why he does it. Because when we find a scene later where... Peacemaker's about to kill her because she has a drive that shouldn't have been leaving the island. Mm-hmm. Peacemaker was going to kill her, and we see Bloodsport pretty much shoot her right then and there. Yeah. We got another point. She builds a friendship with King Shark, even though King Shark tried to eat her in the first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And she still friends him and still understands him and still is trying to help him. And and even though, like we said, even though Peacemaker was going to kill her, she does befriend him. Mm -hmm. She does try to help him a lot, too. So there's there's a lot of teamwork there. She understands completely. But but I kind of want because I know me and you have kind of had differing thoughts on this because I know you looked for the El Diablo of this movie. And you want to tell the fans who you felt the El Diablo? Yeah. So as anybody who's watched the first movie they know what I mean by the El Diablo character because 
uh, in the first movie, you had Diablo, who is like this overpowered character, but he didn't want to use his powers. And then it wasn't until the very end where he really unleashes his powers, shows a new transformation that was never seen before with his character. And he's just super overpowered. But then he ends up getting killed off right at the end. And like when this movie came out, I was kind of wondering, okay, who are they going to El Diablo in this one? And so I was looking and I was watching, paying attention. And at first I kind of figured that they might've done it to, they might, were going to do that to King shark, but then out of nowhere, they pulled a fast one on us and got poke about polka dot man. And they just, they killed him off. And it's like, it was annoying because he was actually one of the characters that I liked the most. He had not really the most tragic backstories, but a pretty, still a pretty tragic one. And he had one of the most ridiculous powers that was also incredibly overpowered. And like, it was very tragic for him because if he didn't use his power, it would just poison his body. So it was just interesting to see. And then how they got to the end, and they just took him out by him getting crushed. It was just by Starro's leg. <laughs> yeah, just by this by the star's leg. It was just so upsetting for me. And then it's not till like after that where you have Ratcatcher 2 is the one who saves the day by summoning all the rats in the world, pretty much. And I'm not saying that she's not effective. I'm not saying that she isn't really the glue of the team, but it was just so upsetting that they ended up doing that with Polka Dot Man when I felt like he could have been so effective. They just ruined it. And and we'll get to that point later because I've heard a lot of people say that is the one point they didn't like for how big Star of the Conqueror was in comics and how powerful he is in the comics. They He literally gets taken out with rats. So yeah. we'll get to that. That's one of the moments I feel like is one of the bad moments of the, vid, of the movie. Um, but we are going to jump to a point you just said with King Shark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, King Shark was amazing. Oh uh, yeah, he was one of the funniest parts of the movie. Best character. That oh, was it. <laughs> Voiced by Sylvester Stallone. This guy, you could just tell James Gunn was looking for another group somehow, some way to make another group, and he does it with King Shark. I was just surprised when I first found out that Sylvester Stallone was doing it because he's never. I don't think I've ever seen him in like a real comedy role. No, you want me to be honest. When we heard Taika, when the movie was announced and we heard Taika Waititi was supposed to be in the movie, I was actually kind of hoping for him to be King Shark because yeah. he, you know, Taika Waititi, for anybody who doesn't know, is the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok, but he's also the guy who voices Cork. And he's so funny in that movie. So I was like, oh, he would bring a different personality to him. Like, hi, how's it going? You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that would have been even better if they actually made him sound just like Corey too. Oh, we're going to, we're going to go kick some fat guy, butt. you want to come? <laughs> yeah, that would have been but, awesome. But I, I didn't think Sylvester Stone did that bad of a job. Oh no. It was a really good turnout. What was that? I'm hoping we get him more often now. He's going to yeah. show up in the Superboy movie. Yeah, if he ends up being a one-off, that's going to be very disappointing. They're going to make another Suicide Squad. I, I do feel that way. It's going to happen. It's going to. But So something else I know we've talked about before we really go into like the most improved character and what we feel is the best DCEU character, period, 
is why a reason why we love this movie more than its predecessor. And one of the reasons being James Gunn actually brought, mind you, there were some villains that we didn't know in the first movie, like El Diablo mm-hmm. and things like that. But James Gunn took more obscured characters that like Polka Dot Man, like only big name comic book fans would know. Yeah. And made them relatable. What was it? And you know what? To be totally honest with James Gunn re- or, you know, resume, when we look at Guardians of the Galaxy, who all would have known who Guardians of the Galaxy was? Yeah, that's true. I'd never heard of him before that. I didn't either. That's the whole thing. Like, they, they would show up, but it was just one of those things I was like, ah, skip. Like, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> but he did it so well. We got Polka Dot Man, Rat Catcher 2. We have Bloodsport, Peacemaker. There's a lot of more obscured characters in this, and he made them relatable. But in the process, he killed a whole bunch of them off, too. In a matter of 10 minutes. So. And also, I have to point this out that something that kind of caught me off guard when I first, when we first got introduced to Ratcatcher 2's backstory. Don't be fooled. It is not Robert Downey Jr. that plays the father. He looks just like him to me. I don't know if I'm the only odd man that saw it, but when I first saw him on screen, it looked just like Robert Downey Jr. And then when we get to the last scene with him, and he goes, and he "Hey, start- Robert Downey Jr." Yeah, as soon as he started talking, I was able to go, oh, "Okay, no, that's not Robert Downey Jr." And I go, "I remember yelling out, that's Taika Waititi." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but what what's your take on that? Like, what what? How do you feel this movie was a lot better than its predecessor, in some ways? I think what was better with this was. Okay, hear me out. So what I think was better in this one was honestly the comedy. Because the first one, it had some comedy moments, but the people that were just like, the majority of the comedy was coming from like Will Smith and Harley and Harley and Jared Leto as the Joker. And Boomerang. And Boomerang. Yeah. And yeah, they're funny, but... Will Smith is a certain kind of comedy that only people would get if you grew up watching him with Fresh Prince. Right. And Jared Leto, he's hit and miss for a lot of people. For me, he's a big miss. And Boomerang, I don't even remember who the actor was that played Boomerang. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he was was pretty funny. But then they ended up killing him off in the second movie anyway. So I was like, well, where's the comedy going to be? But... Right. Yeah, the comedy really took off after that when they started showing John Cena, King Shark, and um, Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher 2. Like, when they started introducing the characters and seeing how they interact with each other. The comedy definitely took off, and that was one of the things that I felt, okay, yeah, this film is way better in the comedy department. And we're, that actually kind of does lead us to the next point because I felt like this character, I felt like they just tried too hard to give him like corny jokes and yet in the first movie, but yeah, in this one just kind of flowed a lot better and what we consider probably the most improved character. Mm-hmm. I actually chose Colonel Flagg for this. I do feel Colonel Flagg was a huge improvement from the first movie. There's no corny jokes. It literally was a straight through. Like, even the first scene when you have Weasel jump off stinking helicopter, 
And nobody could tell me this guy could not swim, you know, like it's just some <laughs> of the stuff just flowed well with it. And then like how the, his reaction was when they found out this, the second strike team took out the whole resistance in that whole town. Yeah. Is, My only problem with Rick Flagg for this movie was he kind of turned into the same character as he did in the first one. Cause it kind of played the same thing where he was on the side uh, with Amanda uh, Waller, Amanda Waller, and then right at the end, something happens, and he kind of like doesn't trust her anymore. But they still finish the mission. But the- and then he did, the, he kind of did the exact same thing in this movie. But I will give it to him. Like right at the end, they definitely goes like he's not taking this crap anymore. He's right. I did like this turn a lot better because I felt like yeah. it was he felt betrayed mm-hmm. more than he actually was you know so much like he's just doing it for the better good or doing it for his needs only this was actually what he felt like no this is wrong I'm so not his fine. his role was just like peacemaker it's the same thing just better <laughs> peacemaker that was the one thing i didn't i i was like oh wow a team member is turning on Spoilers. Rick flag yeah and yeah it, it happens it what was it they find a drive that they needed to destroy that was pretty much their mission yeah, and Rick Flag finds out what's been going on in the United States involvement. So he pretty much says, "I'm taking it," and I'm. But Peacemaker turns on him, saying, "We need to keep the peace." Uh, nice peace by thing. any means necessary. Yeah, pretty much, and he pretty much they get into a fight. Spoiler: Rick Flag gets killed. It, it, it is a very shocking fight, and it's sad to see that. But I love his little line, Peacemaker. What a joke. I love that scene. I thought that was like, wow. Yeah, and then that's when you see him chase Ratcatcher 2 because Ratcatcher 2 takes the drive and yeah. so on and so forth. Um, just because I don't have to know what happens in the one of the credit scenes as we find out Peacemaker is alive. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, he's still alive. Even though after pretty much blood short or blood, blood sport. Sorry, fans. I'm getting tongue twisted there. Um pretty much shoots him right in the neck. Yeah. And he's still alive. So the fact that he makes it alive, that's pretty much a big spoiler, a big hint that they're going to have more Peacemaker around. If, well, yeah. if you couldn't realize it already. Well, they're coming out with a series starting yep. in January. So with John Cena coming back to reprise his role. So we're um, going to see how that turns out. So the last good point I wanted to bring up to you, is I felt this movie settled the score that Harley Quinn is by far the best character in the DCEU. She, out of all three movies she has appeared in, the first Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, and this Suicide Squad, or the Suicide Squad, was the best character arc. It's still a hard argument for me because I like her in the first one and I like her in this one. I just really didn't like Birds of Prey. It, 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 but that's like, just me. It like, but even then, I'll, I'll. I think I can convince you. When we look at 2016 Suicide Squad, you can still see she is still obsessed with the Joker. She would do anything for the Joker. Doesn't matter what. Yeah. Okay. Birds of prey. You see her character finally realizing that she can't be in the shadows of Mister J anymore. That she needs to move on, and it's time for her to, you know, learn from that mistake. And by the end of the movie, you realize she can do things on her own. She doesn't need Mr. J to help her. Yeah. 
on t- and she's suffering with the breakup, everything like that through the whole movie. This one, this the Suicide Squad, she's learned from her mistakes. She's her own person and even shoots a guy straight up and says, I know when I can tell if somebody's bad and somebody's not going to be good for me. Yeah. And she just pretty much kills him. It's just like, bam. And then at the end of it, that gun had a bullet. (laughs) It's it's weird, but I think by far that's probably the best character arc through all three movies she's appeared in. It's like the Hulk. I think I like the Hulk in the MCU when he doesn't have his own standalone movie. Yeah, they made a good arc with him without even having to have an incredible Hulk movie other than the movie in 2008. I try not to count that. I'm just like, nope. That never happened. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> but what what what's your views on Harley Quinn? Or why do you people you know, I know you just said you you're not well, a big fan of Birds of Prey. Well, my whole thing with Birds of Prey is like I just felt that was bad writing and bad character development. And not not really for Harley Quinn, but more for the rest of the characters that they were trying to introduce. And we can obviously they're we can obviously see they're not mentioned much anymore like that movie kind of had kind of had some like controversy with it and i get it i really didn't like the writing for it but that aside like if you are able to take what came of that and then see where harley quinn turned out from it it does work and she has a lot of good one-liners in that movie so the only character i think other than Harley that's actually finally getting something out of it is Black Canary. And it is the same actress that's coming back to reprise her role. But I actually didn't mind her either. I think she, if you gave anybody else a good arc in that movie other than Harley, of course, I felt like she had the best arc. She's seen that, look how much he's done for me, and then realized there's a lot more going on than she realizes and starts to turn on him. Yeah. So... Uh, that's that's my view on Harley, is that to me, by far, she has the best character arc, period, through the whole DCEU. It, over Batman, over Wonder Woman, over any other characters. She is the best one that has the best arc. Okay, so that's all the good moments. Unless, Willie, do you have any other good moments that you wanted to bring up? And, you know, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. Bird. 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 <laughs> now way. Get off the calm. <laughs> but, all right. Oh, I love that scene when they sit there and they're trying to go save Harley. And <laughs> they get all ready to go. And then Harley just, what are you doing? Saving we're, you. We're going to save you. You were going to save me. <laughs> yeah, you had a good plan everything. I can go back. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it again. <laughs> all right. So that's all the good moments we wanted to bring up. Now we're going to kind of go to a couple meh moments. I just felt like, and I know we've talked about this on the same side too. Mm-hmm. These are just moments that we just felt like, yeah, but it just hits the mark. It just yeah, does it. It's just like, well, mark. why were you even there? Right. So we are going to bring up the most obvious one. I know, what was it? Your brother-in-law and me were talking about this when we watched it. Was, or what was it? Um, What's the first scene in the movie? Yeah. And it, it is too, it, get, it gave us straight up Deadpool 2 vibes. Yeah. And we both said it. It was like, The yeah. X-Force scene. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know, 
um, the Deadpool 2 scene we're talking about. It is X-Force. Their first mission. Literally, the whole team dies in a matter of minutes after jumping out of the plane. Other than Deadpool, Domino, and then we see later on in a credit scene, they went back and saved Sugar Bear. And that's it. Everybody yep, else dies. It. Yep. it was, and right off the bat, what happened? They gave us this huge team with Harley, with Boomerang, with Flag, and a whole bunch of other villains. And they kill, her, kill them off, other than Flag and Harley, in a matter of the first ten minutes. That well, was, after the credit scene, we find out that Weasel lived. Yeah. <laughs> Weasel was the oddball. I tell you, that dude, I was just like, even when they're marching in front of the American flag, he's just sitting there all slopped. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did like the plane scene when they're all messing with each other, but that, again, gave me too many Deadpool 2 vibes where I was just like, really? Like, you guys kind of make your own thing a little bit? Like, I just felt like it was too easy. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Well, what's your what's your view on it? Like, I know me and you kind of like. Well, it's just it's more the thing where you have all this big scene that you have planned, but then you're gonna kill off everybody and then go back in time to show, hey, but the story's real about this guy. It's like, I mean, it's funny, but you really didn't even need that scene. I mean, it's it's a waste of characters, well, especially with like a couple characters that I actually did want to see. Right. And we're going to get back to that point later too because it is a bad moment as well for certain characters that I felt like, yeah, this was not okay. Like, is anybody seeing this or anybody not seeing this? Um, the other one I know we talked about too, we're not going to really touch on it too much, the resistance in the movie of Quarter um the island, I can't remember the name right off the top of my head. Um, Corto Matisse, I think it is. Um, they're pretty hit and miss. Like, to me, their focus was on taking over the government, everything like that. But how can you take over a government and seize control when there's a big monster rampaging through your city? And there's no people pretty much alive in the city now. How are you going to make that work? That's That was just one of those things that's like, yeah, it gave us funny scenes, like we said, with Idris Elba and John Cena's characters. They, you know, it did give us funny scenes, but it was a scene that was just like, you didn't need it. You, didn't, you really didn't. You could have done something better with John Cena and Idris Elba doing a competition with each other or something like that. You might as well have just made the Resistance fighters the actual bad guys. Yeah. But, um, so that was our meh moments, unless... Will, do you have any other ones that you kind of like, eh, not nope. really? Okay, so now we're going to go into three pretty bad moments of the movie. Um, yeah. Let's what's, 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 what's talk about the obvious one. Let's talk about the villains. I feel like, again, it's a Suicide Squad all over again when it comes to villains. We have Peter Capaldi, which can be argued because he does help, but you find out he's done a lot of things, too, that was not okay. Yeah. As the thinker. He was rushed. I felt like there was no backstory on him. And to be a villain, I feel like you have to have that backstory. Yeah. And to me, he was unneeded. Nobody was asking for him. And it's just a character I just felt like, yeah. It, it, it could have been done a lot better. What's what's your views on the thinker? 
it's just like who it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like he passes by so quickly for me it's like the last quarter of the film he's there but he's not really there right in a manner of speaking so it's like you kind of forget about him i forgot about him like the second he wasn't on screen i would kind of forget that he was even there right right I, he just was a character that felt like he was just like the Joker in the movie, uh, the yeah. original one. He was just there. Just just to be the knockoff Joker. Yeah, pretty much. Now, let's talk about the one, and I know I have went off with Willie on this when it comes to Star of the Conqueror. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I am Oh, a, man, did he go off I, after we were done watching this movie. I was so mad with Star of the Conqueror. I, it, it made no... To me, Star of the Conqueror, for anybody who doesn't know, is the first villain the Justice League ever... Or it's not the first villain in the comics, but it's how we find out how the team was made was around because of Star of the Conqueror. Yeah. He is such a powerful character, or powerful villain in the comics. And all you do is make him walk around, make duplicates of himself, which, yeah, he does in the comics. Or a part of him on everybody. Mm-hmm. And you kill him with rats. No, no makes no stinking sense. Along with that, there's so many powers they did not introduce to Starro. And he pretty much just rampages in the first last 15, 20 minutes and then he dies. Because of rats. Yeah. So, Willie, I wanted to ask you, um, what's your views on Starro? I, th- I think I've went off on him quite a bit, why I didn't like him in the movie. Yeah, I didn't really know too much about Starro when uh, the movie was starting, but I do agree that he kind of just gets thrown out the window pretty fast when it comes to Suicide Squad. But with that, I did enjoy his abilities, like seeing what he was able to do in the movie. Um but aside from that, they kind of just like they kind of just like threw him under the rug of sorts because you you get this super powered being and then you just find a way to kill him off in the most ridiculous way possible. And and again, it's like we like I was saying too. Star was such a big villain in the comics. It's not just a throwaway character. You can't yeah. just kill him and go. Oh, we're done with him. You can't do that. It, it, it's like a dark side in some ways. You can't. You can do that with dark side. You're just gonna kill him off and be like done. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's why Marvel's beating you when you guys do villains. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Holy crap, man! Like seriously, like yeah, they were like that at first, but even some of the villains in the MCU are still alive. Yeah. And you look at these. It's like ah, oh, we killed them. What? What you do? <laughs> Oh, you killed a destroying deity. Yep, yep. That's it. <laughs> so on to the next one. So we're we're gonna go ahead and kind of just we've already talked about this a lot. Um, being the movie was all over the place. It went from the first scene back to three days before that scene even happened. To it, it, it just was one of those things. It was like it was unneeded. Just tell the story as it needs to be. Don't yeah. don't confuse us. And especially for people who just what was it? You know, we want to just watch the movie and enjoy it. That was just something that was just like, nah, I'm good. So the biggest other big bad point we want to bring up 
Why was Harley, Captain Boomerang, and Colonel Flag sent on the team that was pretty much obliterated in the first 10 minutes? Because Amanda Waller sucks. <laughs> but it's not even that. Why did the writers even put that in there? I think they did that just to... Sh I mean, back to Amanda Waller. I'm pretty sure they allowed that to happen because they just wanted to show how twisted Waller was. Which would make sense, but I mean, these are your star characters. Well, agree, and that's what we talked about. Like, Colonel Flagg, I could understand. Because it's not so much he's a throwaway character, but he'd be the guy in charge of it. While you, If you wanted to make Bloodsport your other leader, you could, it totally made sense. Yeah. But Jai Courtney, as big as he was in the first movie as Captain Boomerang, and you killed him off. He is the only... Well, they killed Colonel Flagg, too. But that's later on in the movie. Spoiler. I've already said it. Why, how he gets killed. But Captain Boomerang was killed in the first 10 minutes. Yep. I, I, was, I remember, you was like, what? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Where's his pink unicorn? I want to see his pink unicorn before he dies. It's just one of those things that it was just like it made no sense. That that was just one thing I was just like, what are they doing? Like, I understand if James Gunn came in, pretty much tried to make his own team. Okay, I understand that. But you can't kill popular characters like that. Like, if you would have did like what you did with Colonel Flagg. Colonel Flagg's death didn't bother him. Mm -hmm. It was boomerang the way he was just killed off like all the other rejects pretty much in some ways. Yeah. It was just like, no, like, that's stupid. Yeah. After making him such a big character in the first movie, I mean, the one character that you didn't expect to live ends up living. Right. Like, how does that work? Right. It, it's just one of those things that I was just like, it, it really did make me mad a little bit with that. Um, but without... That with all that information, that's all our reviews. I got one more thing. Though. Okay, go ahead. Savant. Yeah, we don't talk about him. No. <laughs> How dare they do that to Michael Rooker? His big intro into the DC universe, and they killed him off in the first like ten minutes. Well, let's actually talk about that. There was three Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters that you can find in the movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, Michael Rooker. A yeah. savant. Yes. Now, thank you, Willie. You just remembered the name. <laughs> I didn't remember the name earlier. We also had, what was it? Um, his or James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn, as two different characters, Calendar Man and Weasel. And we find Mantis. I can't remember her name. She has a weird name in real life. As a pole dancer or adult entertainer in the bar where all the Suicide Squad is at right at the moment. Yeah. Interesting place to put her, too. It's a weird thing, but it works. Like, it's just one of those things, like, you could just tell that they enjoyed doing this and it was something fun. And, and he wanted to bring some of these characters back. I was kind of hoping we see Dave Batista then, or we see somebody like that. Like, but, Yeah, that would have been cool. But... Oh, well, it didn't work. Might in see this. him in the future. Yeah, let's hope so. But, okay. 
So that's a good point because yeah, Michael Rooker is such a good actor, and he's especially actor. and especially he's such a great friend of James Gunn. Um, there's an interview they do on Collider, and it was a comic book shopping video with Michael Rooker, and that's what he said: is Michael Rooker was actually when James Gunn ended up getting the role or the director role for this, he actually asked Michael Rooker to come and play. Yondu. But he was so entangled with The Walking Dead, he couldn't just jump ship. Well, it got to the point, I guess, a few days later, they pretty much came in and told him, we're killing your character off. Don't tell. So, don't tell anybody. So, he calls James Gunn and says, hey, look, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but they're killing me off. I can join your movie. And he's like, yeah! <laughs> now I gotta convince the studios to do this. You know? <laughs> so... <laughs> It was just one of those things that it, you know, you could just tell. And they play, he's played a lot of roles in James Gunn's movies. So they're good friends. And that's yeah. where it was just like, really? That's how you killed him? Like, but that's another funny thing is now they've killed him off in both the DC Universe and the Marvel Universe. At least the Marvel Universe, he went out a hero. Yeah. <laughs> so now that's the end of his comic. And they killed him off in The Walking Dead. So that's the end of his comic book roles until they find someone oh, else. Yeah, to... that's Marvel, DC, and Image. <laughs> yeah, unless, unless Dark Horse comes around and makes another movie or... Make him the new Hellboy. There we go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get worse than it was, so... Come on, Valiant Comic, give us another movie. Bloodshot wasn't bad. They could be Exo Man of War. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. So if you gave a 1 to 10 scale on this movie, what would it be and why? Solid 8. Okay. And because what? good action, pretty good development for all the characters, good comedy. There were some issues, especially when it came to associating everything with the comic book. But I think overall, it was very well done. I, I'll agree with you with an 8 out of 10. I do feel it took more obscured characters. It took characters that were just not known to most. Like, everybody knows who Harley is, and everybody knows who Captain Boomerang and Deadshot are. But they took Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher 2, a lot of characters that way, and made them relatable. And the reason it would be higher, but the reason is because of the villains. I just felt like it just downgraded the movie so bad that it wasn't even worth yeah. watching. Three points go to King Shark himself. So yeah, so it's an eleven. <laughs> he, extra credit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fans, tell us if you like this. What movies you would like us to review, either new or old? We can go back in time and watch some of the old movies that we know grew up with. Um, and also tell us, too, what's your takes on the movie? What did you like? What did you not like? And how would you rank it in 1 to 10 scale? Um, by far, I do feel this is the best movie DCU has put out. By far. Um, even over... Like Wonder Woman's up there. and and But I just felt like the Suicide Squad kind of just beat her out for me. I Again, you can't go off villains because even her villain in that movie wasn't great. Yeah, but at least it was decent. And, you know, but DC, again, is going back to the bad villains thing again. And I just don't feel like they're bringing out the villains like they used to in their movies. Where, you know, like, most of them, they've either killed off or, eh, he's done. You know, we don't need him again. So, 
with you know so you know let us know if you like this me and willie will start doing more movie reviews when they come out um and without further ado my name is brandon hi and that's king shark or not you know sitting there <laughs> you know um and we appreciate you guys listening to us thank you and have a great day bye